Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Another episode of Doctor Homebrew. We are back at it, drinking homebrew this time. I'm excited about it. We're not just like padding the show with commercial beer fluff. Um, actually, what was our last show? Wasn't our last show the Schlinkerla show? Or no, we had one after that too, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. I can't remember anymore. Ben on the next show. We had Ben on a, the next show, yeah. He okay. did a homebrew with us. Uh, yeah. That's right. Imperial I'm still Ryan. excited about the Schlinkerla show. <laughs> yes. That's in my head. So if listeners, if you have not listened to the Schlinkerla show, do yourself a favor and... Just stop listening to us right now and go download the Schlinker Law show right yeah. now. Schlinker Law, your way over there. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. cool, man. It was a good show. Oh, dude, I, I don't even think I put it on YouTube yet. Oops. Oh, well, dude. I'll do that this weekend. What are you going to do, man? Anyway, we're here. Uh, we're ready to go. Uh, I My brain is scattered, man. Al started kindergarten today. Seriously, really? Yeah, dude. Whoa. And it's like, I don't know. The end of July? Do they start early at your district? Yeah, we're one of those like semi-year-round school districts, I guess, where there's a lot uh, of break days, um, gotcha. which is kind of cool. But yeah, July, whatever, 27th seems very early. Yeah. Um, so it's just a big disruption to the to the normal routine in the morning, you know, where it's like you got to suddenly because she was going to pre-K in the middle of the day, like the last half of the day. So it was like one o'clock. Like, OK, no one cares. Right. But now it's like 645. We're up. The house is going. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. not that is not anywhere near where I want to be. Uh, but um, uh, uh, had was she OK getting dropped off at kindergarten or did you have did they have to like hang on to her while you ran off? No, it wasn't that bad. She's pretty cool about it. She was, you know, there was. She said she yeah. cried a lot, but um, you know, I don't care. I didn't. It's see normal. It. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first, yeah. first, like two or three days of kindergarten, my daughter, they had to like hold on to her while we ran away, and I felt so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, you know, after like after like two or after like three days, she was fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, she was doing this in pre-K, so I'm not too worried about yeah. it. But she keeps telling her mom, like, I don't want to go back to school, and it's like. She's not as long as she's not telling me that because she won't, she know she knows enough not to tell me because I will yeah. I will shave her head and glue it to her chin I swear no, yeah it's just it's weird man it's like Father a weird it's a weird emotional thing and um, I don't know just like mentally I think the whole house is just down right now so yeah but we're here we're drinking some beer with Jason Jason my man welcome to the show. I have a uh, kindergarten starting in about two weeks. So I'm okay. right there with you. There you go, man. There you go. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's have you done it before? Is it is this your first kid? I have a fourteen year old, so she's okay. starting high school. So. so you've you've been through the whole now you don't You'll, care. Yeah. Yeah, you're like yeah, I never I do. Care. <laughs> but yeah. so much time has gone by, it's like you've forgotten now. So yeah. <laughs> I started brewing beer when I found out we were pregnant with our five year old. So uh, uh, at forty. <laughs> well, was there a cause and effect there or was that just a mere coincidence? It's coincidence. brian shaw are you on your mic or are you on the laptop mic i am on my actual mic is this not scratch it try turning that up a little bit scratch your mic a little better scratch your mic let me make sure nope you're on your computer mic that's so weird all right uh and let me my computer is on its last legs and i have a uh let's try this there you go Uh, 
how is that now? Okay. The difference my, my, is massive. My good, good. My my computer's on its last legs. It started to crap out like a week ago. Yeah. And uh, it's when stuff like that starts to go bad. You know how it goes. It just starts to go bad all at once. And like yeah. I, I, the audio stuff is screwing up, and I'm just losing. You know, I don't know. It's it's bad. Uh, turn you up though. Turn yourself up. All right. That's as far up as I go. How's that? Right, little down. Good. Little down. Okay. Yeah. Right How's about that? There. Right about there is fine. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, Jason. Well, the listeners like better than fucking around with uh, audio. That's right. Uh, all right, Jason, you sent us a brown ale with oak spirals and rum. Bumby rum? What kind of rum is this? Bumboo rum. Bumboo? Bumboo rum. Have you ever had it? No, I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a pretty good rum. I'm not a rum drinker, but I've come across it through a friend of mine and thought I'd throw it in his brown ale. Bumboo rum. Okay, well, that's cool. How did? Oh, well, I was going to ask you how you did it, but uh, we'll figure it out. When we get there, I looked yeah. it up online, and Bumboo Rum is Little Wayne's rum. No, yeah, Little is Little 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 Wayne's Weezy, brand. Weezy I got didn't a know that. Weezy got a rum uh, a rum label, huh? Okay, yeah, bottle bottle looks pretty cool. All I was right, checking it out earlier. Yeah. We'll have to check it out, man. Bumboo smells rum. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it smells amazing. All right, I'm interested. I like rum. I'm a good rum guy, so uh, we'll check this out. Is this something that you've messed with before? Like what? No, you sort of did. Yeah. It just okay. kind of just kind of rolled with it on this one. Okay, this will be good because we can talk to you about the the spirals and and maybe like um, you know any disinfectant or how did you decontaminate or whatever all that kind of stuff. That's a whole that's a whole process in and of itself. First time with oak spirals too, or just straight out the yeah, gate. I've done, I've done a Bourbon County stout before. Okay. So I've- I've oh, cool! Before, but. Awesome, excellent. Well, uh, God, let's just jump into the into the beer, boys. What do you think? All right, all right, Cooper. I'm gonna make you start. Okay, so I guess Lil Wayne's not the owner of Bumboo per se, but he is an investor and a loyal brand ambassador. Ah, okay. Uh, he must okay. just drink a lot of it, so he claims it as his, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're learning as we go. That's right. Also, the the Schlenkerle episode is up on on YouTube. Oh, I, nice. I did see that, so we're there. Uh, um, okay, I'm pouring some in another cup here. That is a, a I'm going to do that. Lively. I judged it in this. Yeah, this one I got as a judging gift at, at uh, NHC and uh, tasted it in that one first. I've been experimenting with different glassware as JP likes to do sometimes too. I love it. It's the best thing ever, dude. So yeah, we're, we're judging this as a uh, 33B uh, uh, specialty wood-aged beer with the uh, Bamboo Rum Edition and Oak with uh, an Imperial Brown Ale uh, base style. And uh it wasn't declared American or English or anything. And I don't remember. You said you submitted this before. And uh, I didn't look back and see whether it was American or English. I just judged it as brown and uh, tried to figure it out as I went along. But you don't necessarily need to say that. If it does lean one way or the other, you can declare it. Uh, but but uh, yeah, imperial brown is just fine to declare it. It's just generically brown, and that's what you want to say about it. Uh, yeah, getting into the nose, I'm getting a, a smooth, low brown sugar-like richness. Uh, that booze comes in medium low and kind of sweet. Um, the wood in the nose seems pretty subdued. But it gives a low barrel-like character, uh, clean, low toffee-like maltiness. Only a faint herbal, earthy hop here. Uh, I'd say it's just a bit sharp in character. It's not strong in intensity, but it's just a, it pokes out a bit. And it's like, oh, hello, you know, um, something a little, little bitey about it. But uh, pretty intriguing nose, and uh, I enjoyed that. The 
the beer's color it's it's a really pretty burnished reddish brown color uh it's pre- pretty clear and uh you know the foam starts fairly low with a small you know light tan bubbles and uh in the first pour i did it faded pretty quickly to zero head this one's actually sticking around a little better on the second pour and it's a little warmer at this point too so i may note some judging differences if uh, if it's coming in a little different i did warm the bottle somewhat before before pouring it this is one you'd probably I want to taste a little less on the ice cold side. So I wasn't, it wasn't ice cold, but it's, uh, it's definitely in a little better judging temperature now, I think. Uh, flavor wise, getting a medium low, t- uh, nutty and, and low toffee like character alongside a pretty substantial oak flavor. Uh, there's a little bit of vanilla and some coconut like notes in there with the, the pleasant rum. Uh, seems more English than American to me. If I was going to say one or the other, I'm not getting a uh, major American hop character. Either that or it may be getting buried a bit, but there's a medium-low bitterness, a low hop flavor, light earthiness kind of uh, seems cleanly fermented. Um, And as I taste it, you know, I got a little bit in the oakiness, a little bit more oakiness as I was tasting it earlier. I don't know if it's a glass difference, but it seems a little more subdued here. I might actually bring it up a point just for fun. But uh, this is a... uh, medium bodied beer it's not a massive you sit on the bottle you declared seven percent so that's uh about right it's it's big for a, for a brown but it's not big like barley wine or imperial stout or anything like that um so it's about where where it needs to be body wise uh i would expect maybe medium full there's something kind of lightening up the body here i think uh has a light tannic astringency from the oak uh not like a, a grainy astringency uh from a poor sparge but uh medium low carbonation somewhat creamy smooth anyway um this seems i guess i'm saying the beer seems a little watery somehow despite the moderate strength i don't know why that is it's just lacking some beef to me it's it kind of well i got beef to spare (laughs) (laughs) i I agree i'm I'm just gonna jump in because you're you seem like you need some help um not really. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I find that too, and I don't know what it is. It's almost like um, an acidity, maybe. It's like like a tart, not a contaminant per se, but like a mineral or some drying effect that's happening. Maybe it's uh, tannins from the oak. We'll see how long the oak was on there or whatever, but uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I think that the, the oak is drying things out and not letting some of these flavors linger on your palate in some ways, so it feels a little lighter than it really maybe is. Uh, or if there was... A, a fair amount of booze added. I mean, booze gravity is going to be what, like, you know, below zero because it's so much alcohol. It's going to lighten up the body. If there was a, a, you know, shots added to the beer, I don't know if it was just from a, a barrel edition, but we'll talk about the process later and find out how it was done. Uh, but, you know, overall, this is a pretty nice Imperial Brown. Um, the wood on the earlier taste I was getting kind of takes over in the flavor. To me, now it's more that kind of lightness that's kind of detracting a little bit from the, the style coming through as well as I think it should. Just seems a little, the impression is a little unbalanced to me. Um, you could consider a number of things. You can bring up the English character, call it a British, you know, British Imperial Brown, or even, you know, uh, you know, amp up the American hops and, and more uh, American uh, components and call it American. Uh, but first of all, I, I would probably back off on the, the strict, just the wood edition. And if it was just coming from a barrel, a little less barrel contact time um if there is some alcohol addition in there i'm speculating now and i shouldn't but just like lighten that up and and let the the beer style shine through because something's kind of stomping on it just a little bit um 
I'm at like a 34, 35. I said, I, I did a 34. I was going to maybe come up a point to 35. And, uh, but it's a, it's a very tasty beer. It's enjoyable to drink. I just don't know quite where to pigeonhole it. And I don't think it would do great in a competition, not because it's not clean, just because the balance is not quite where I'd want it to be for what it's declared. And I'm a little confused. <laughs> so just blame my confusion mostly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what Brian has to say about it too. And, and uh, JP a little more as well. All right, Shar, let's get it. Let's get after it. All right, let's get after this. First off, first thing we'll get after. Jason, are you in a homebrew club? No. I uh, I am not. <laughs> I'm a lone wolf. All right. Well, that's can, uh, can I just uh, you're, you're, can I mention by the way I'm going to interrupt you, Shar. It's yeah. it's a it's a council of Jasons tonight. You know, I yeah, noticed that upon judging this, and there's it is a total council of Jasons. Yeah. We don't get that very often. No, so I had to. I had it. It was worth interrupting you for that awesome joke. Go ahead. Oh hell yeah, it was. So um, thank you for sharing this. I um. Uh, I judge this as a British brown myself. Looking at your last email, the previous one that you sent us was a British brown. So I, I made an assumption, which may or may not be correct, but based on also just sipping and 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 smelling this beer, it didn't seem like it had the number of hops and the uh, the the character of an American brown. Uh, I may be totally wrong. We'll find out uh, a little later. But I judge this as like an imperial uh, uh, wood aged. Uh, American Brown in Category 33B Specialty Wood Age. Uh, I also made the assumption you mentioned on the bottle there were oak spirals and bamboo rum. I assumed the spirals have been soaked in rum, so we'll uh, we'll find out a little later. Uh, the aroma, uh, initially, so I judged this uh, right out of my fridge because I think Coop and I were both just running around all afternoon and managed to barely squeeze everything in we had to do before the show, right before the show. Um uh, which I always tell myself I'm not going to do that, but it's always kind of the way it seems like it works. Um, I got a low medium vanilla, maybe from the oak or the rum, which I really liked. Uh, low ethanol sweetness that wasn't sharp or overwhelming. Uh, and it is, uh, you declare 7%. So this is not a 12%, you know, phenol bomb or something. This is a reasonable uh, reasonable strength beer. Uh, get a medium dark malt, kind of a little bit of a nutty character. I, I maybe had a bit of a toffee, but as it warms up, I get more of a nutty character, more like in the vein of like a Newcastle Brown or something like that, uh, which also confirms to me that this is a, a British Brown uh, base style and not an American Brown. Uh, low fermentation fruitiness character from English ale yeast would be my guess. There's a sort of unique fruitiness that you get from that uh, British fermentation that isn't really a, uh, it's it's fruity, but it's hard to, it's attached to a given particular fruit. So I always think of that as that fruity fermentation character. Uh, gave that uh, 8 out of 12. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Medium brown with, uh, I guess, heavy ruby or cranberry. Now, it's hard to see here up at my, uh, the camera on my laptop. But just looking at this earlier, uh, you know, it's brown to look at it with not, no light behind it. When I held it up by my uh, uh, window here and had some light, it was like almost like cranberry juice. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but people talk about, you know, the, quote, ruby highlights, yeah. unquote, of certain malts. And I really liked the the color, which was distinctive and unusual and I think appropriate for the, the style also. Uh, it also reminds me a little bit of the photos of that bamboo rum that I saw on the Total Wine uh, webpage. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, have we gotten, JP, have we gotten, talked to Total Wine about being a sponsor? We, we should really get them to sponsor us. <laughs> right. Or you know, Bev, Bevmo is you know, headquartered here in Concord. Anyway, uh, it's very clear. Head is low and persistent, three out of three. Uh, flavor, you know, I, I kind of, before I say anything, I kind of agree with, with Coop a little bit where, 
it does seem a little oak dominant and a little thin. But I think part of that is is the nature of the tannins. And part of it is, if this is really sort of a, a nut brown ale sort of base style, there's a sort of thinness and character that goes along with that in, in my mind that is, is very much present here. Um, initially, the flavor is is fruity with a hint of banana. And this is not like the fermentation fruitiness. And I may have talked myself into that, having read a little bit about the bamboo rum, that there's a hint of banana. But I, I did get just a hint of banana at the beginning, uh, not a dunder like a rum fire rum, uh, like the overripe, you know, peel type stuff. But it's a little hint of, of tasty banana. Uh, got a little bit of medium, like a medium level of, of oak tannin. Uh, the malt doesn't come out until mid-palate. Uh, mid-palate, the malt is kind of a low chocolate uh Bitterness, the bitterness and the oak are kind of difficult to distinguish, but collectively they kind of come up to balance uh, mid-palate. Uh, it's very well attenuated. Uh, there's a little bit of low sweet ethanol in the finish, which is balanced toward oak. But again, just like in the aroma, there's some alcohol here, but it's not phenolic. It's not fusilli. Uh, it's not unpleasant. It's just that sweet ethanol, which you would want to have from something that has rum or some kind of high alcohol character to it. Uh, so give the flavor a 13 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, body's medium, carbonation's medium, slight warming, neither creamy nor astringent, five out of five. Uh, overall impression, I gave it a seven for a total of 36. I, I like this beer a lot, and I think this concept is really on point and, and really goes, you know, the slight banana and this rum character, I think, really matches well with the nutty and slight toffee of the malt and of this style. Um, I just, in, in my opinion, uh, it probably just needs a little more time for the uh, tannins to settle down uh, because oak, any kind of oak aged beer, and especially one that is like, in, in my mind, like I was saying earlier, that nutty character of a nut brown ale uh, and has a tendency to lend itself to a perception of, of thin body. And I think combined with the tannin, it can give a perception that may not be accurate about something being thinner than it is. And it also does dominate the flavor like a beer that's wood aged that has not aged enough. And I you know, made a note that I think in two to six months, this will be phenomenal. But right mm. now, 36 is the high end of very good for me. Uh, and, you know, watch, watch you tell us you've already aged this for five years. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I see my, the flavors the, meld my, and stuff over time. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I think this will meld over time and be really excellent in, you know, in a few months. So thank you very much for sharing. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I, just to chime in here, because I'm a bit of a, a wood head and a, a rum head, I guess. Um, mm. I think I think I'm interested to know about the oak spiral usage, um, because that can throw stuff. And I think it could be overly complicated depending on the wood quality of the rum. Now, not having had this rum before, uh, you know, rums are usually aged in like, you know, old bourbon barrels. So you get a lot of that kind of quality going on. I don't know if this is a, a, a barrel-heavy sort of aged rum, um, so you already have a lot of that content in the in the spirit, and then you you know presumably I would guess you would like soak the oak in the spirit, and you can sort of impart. I think you can you can maybe double up on some of those tannins a little bit if you're not careful. Um, it I, I think it tastes good. There is a there is a lighter like you said, Charles, like a nut brown ale quality to it. And then like Cooper, it's sort of like, I don't really know what to, I'm confused because like the, the initial, the initial hit is one of like, it's a thick, bigger, uh, you know, brown ale. And then, and then it sort of just washes away. 
so it's weird. Um, I do enjoy the flavors a lot. I think the flavors are good. That rum works pretty well with your recipe as far as the flavor uh, contribution goes. It is light. There are like lighter fruit notes to it. It's not heavy like you can get with some of these darker rums um, or just rums in general. Uh, Barbados rums tend to be, I think, on the sort of lighter side anyways um, of of those flavors. But it's um, – it's uh yeah I, I i like it it's just not enough at the at the back end to be supported uh the initial part is is great yeah i would go like 36 38 i mean um yeah i th- i think the i think the rum you chose is great um i think the recipe's good as well i i would i would love to know what's going on there to connect those two so um over to you jason let's talk a little bit about your recipe and how you how you use this stuff so i don't i don't know if you guys remember when i sent this in three years ago probably not i sent it, i sent you guys some brown ale that was under carbonated and i sent you a mm-hmm. uh, another version that was more carbonated that I, I fixed over time and um ended up getting like a 38 and a 40 so this is that base recipe but with a twist and uh i think i took it in the wrong direction um so, and you guys are all, you're calling out the English. It's got a uh, Nottingham yeast, but I'll, I'll just go through the recipe cool. right now. It's uh it's 10 pounds of Maris Otter, two pounds of Vienna malt, a pound of crystal 60, a pound of flaked oats, eight ounces of pale chocolate, eight ounces of victory malt. And then the twist is I had some, and this is a typical home brewer. I had a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a uh, pound of the candy syrup D45. Okay. And I threw in there. Okay. I think that's where y'all picking up on the thinness. And okay. I had a, uh, I threw in another seven ounces of D180. Oh, wow. I, that might be part of where you're getting some of this really cool colors in here, too. Yes. It, it looks like, yeah. The color, the fruitiness, too. Yeah. Like, there's a lot going yeah. on in there. It looks like a lens when you hold it up to a light, and it's so, like, red, reddish-orange and just uh, burnished. Like, yeah, like Brian was saying, just really cool color. Um, yeah, now that you've said the, uh, with the candy syrup. Yeah. Uh, candy sugar, now I'm suddenly, th- and, and that hint of banana, which is probably from the rum, I'm all of yes. a sudden thinking Belgian. Yeah, yeah. you get that yeah. without the 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 phenols or esters or whatever they are from the yeast right yeah for yeah. sure do you guys the get sweet, like a uh, like a perfume almost in like in in the taste like my mouth is like it's like inhaling perfume kind of do you get that at all the taste yeah, yeah. like a little floral mm-hmm. or yeah i'd like a man's hat or like a plum served in a in, in perfume floating in the middle of a man's hat to an yes. old Simpsons with uh, Yoko Ono. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's a bit too obscure. Uh, good. All right. But I think, JP, you liked it last time with it without the syrup and because it's so British. It is leaning on the British side, which I it, it's my thing. I like I like the Belgium or the, you know, the, the English stuff a lot more than the American version of this style. Yeah, so. I agree. I'm not a big American brown guy. I don't really care for uh, a lot of that uh, big I think big that the, the sugar just kind of dried out your body and it made the oak maybe a little rougher than it than it's, it really is. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a little more yeah. residual sweetness, that, that beer kind of needs it. On the English side, you want to have something a little multi-sweet to, to play off the darker malt flavors and have it really work. Yeah, well, and, and especially with the... Working. With a rum addition too. Yeah, it would know. need to stand up to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk oak and and the rum and how you added that. So I had two uh, medium oak spirals that I soaked um, in bamboo rum, and I I only put one of the I want to say one of the spirals in the keg and then four ounces of the rum. That was it. 
for I couldn't tell you how long I did it, but uh, like a month, two months, probably a month or so. Okay, so you added four ounces of the rum, and you didn't didn't soak the spirals in it. Okay, gotcha. I, I let the oak soak in the rum to kind of soak up the the wood flavor, and then poured the oh. just, just canned the whole thing into the with the wood into the can. Oh, I see. Okay. You and- know, I, I like that approach because then you're not screwing around with having to get the wood out of the keg. Right. I, I, that's an int- I've, I haven't heard of, I don't recall hearing people doing that. And I think that's really kind of creative. So the spiral didn't go in the, in the beer at all. Yeah, it went in the keg. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I did do it. I, I misunderstood. I they just added the whole thing. So I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I put the four ounces of rum in there with it, so... You, I, th- I think you have also maybe a little bit more tannin from because the the rum has the tannins from the process. Then it has the tannins from the wood that you soaked, and then you took all, everything and dumped it all in. And then it got more tannins as it aged on the thing. So I, that that might be some of it too. Why it's sort of like drying out, you know, and very like. Uh, I think that's from the sugar. Dry, I, I guess. guess too, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. It's it, it's. Who knows? I, you know, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on that could contribute to that. Um, but you know, I and I know what you mean. You don't want to like dump out four ounces of rum. <laughs> you want to yeah. add that in there. So um, I don't. I like it. I think maybe it's too much rum and it's covering up your malt. The other way to go is just to you know join a homebrew club, convince somebody in the club <laughs> to buy a rum barrel. And just <laughs> convince everybody to brew five gallons of something and put it in there. And then you're just in the barrel. You're not messing around with the spirals and dumping in extra booze. Spirals and, are fine. Uh, wood, yeah, the cubes are fine. good. I've done those. Yeah. Those yeah, work great. Um, you know, but I think w- but with those kind of, you know, thicker pieces of wood, they need to sit a lot longer in the beer, like two, three so months. You, yeah. Would you soak the spirals in the booze and just put the spirals in, JP? I don't know what I would do. I think I would... I think I would probably soak the spirals a little bit, take them out, put them in, put them in the beer. And then if I need to add more spirit, I would just do that fresh off the save, bottle. Save and blend it in. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. That's what I would do to to really control because, you know, you, you can have a lot of the, the char from the 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 charring of the of the staves or the cubes or the spirals or anything like that you can get that that settles down at the bottom and then it's just i don't know there's just a lot more contact time that you're not really controlling when you're just sort of putting it all in um how much it matters i don't know you know it's just it's one of those things where you i guess you kind of control what you think you can control or something like that i don't know I've never, guys, I've never done it both ways so what do y'all think about the nottingham yeast i think that's working fine for you i think yeah. it's cool yeah I, I i wouldn't really i wouldn't really change that kind of thing yeah. I, I don't know yeah agreed brian and i we both got kind of a pleasant english-like fermentation character just clean yeah. and you know a little characterful a little Fruity. Your fermentation was great. I thought I didn't yeah. see any issues with that at all. Uh, yeah, tell you what, let's take a, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, I want to talk with Jason a little bit more about what he's looking for, how what he likes, and how we can sort of let him keep his ingredients, but add a little more body here at the end. So hang on, everyone. It's Doctor Homebrew. We'll be right back. What's up, homebrewers? Hey, let me ask you a question. You spend a lot of time making your beer taste the way you want it to, right? Some of you even send beers into Dr. Homebrew for feedback. Well, the next logical step in your creativity is to craft some labels for those beers. And there's nobody better at creative labels than Grog Tag. Their easy-to-use designs let you turn out some pretty amazing stuff like labels, bottle caps, coasters, even six-pack carriers with minimal effort on your part. They have a range of label sizes that fit any vessel you can think of. Bottles, cans, growlers, kegs. Grog Tag has you covered. 
Head over to grogtag.com today and check out their line of amazing, fully customizable templates and get your beer looking its best. Grog Tags are water-resistant, reusable, and will have your naked bottles looking great in no time. That's grogtag.com, and be sure to use code BNARMY at checkout to save 10% on your order. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. So, Jason, before we left on the break, uh, we were just getting into what I wanted to ask you about is your thoughts on it. What do you think is up with the beer? What do you like about it? What do you want to see improved? If anything, maybe this is is, is great for you. What do you want to do? So this this beer is a beer I've done several times before, um, but I tried to imperialize it and kind of make it a little special. I don't know if y'all have had Dogfish Head, uh, Palo Santo Marron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to go in that direction with it, which I completely feel like I missed the mark trying to do my own <laughs> thing. But I would probably lay off the sugar next time and, mm-hmm. and just bump up the base malt to get the OG, you know, and, and go that route and, and, and probably get completely out of, get away from the candy sugar, you know, the, and just completely dis, disregard it whatsoever. So, yeah, I think just imperialize it by adding more malt <laughs> and just let it, yeah, the sugar. Not guilty of throwing in some extra, you know, that stuff's not cheap. So <laughs> yeah. I just use it while I had it. Yeah, yeah. Use those for your Belgians and uh, do it with English beers. Yeah, more malt. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. hard the That's hard part is it it is imparting some really cool flavors. Yeah, and it, so you're 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 gonna have to pick one or the other, I guess, right? I would probably, I think, if I were were to use a sugar again, I'd get rid of the D one eighty and just use a, a pack of the D forty five and see what that does to it. Okay, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. I think, know. yeah, I think like the lower number in anything is better uh like crystal malt uh you know the candy sugar too i think it, it it's that right amount of of i don't know toffee flavors but you can sort of sit in that that stone fruit area right for flavors too right. i mean it's it, a unique beer yeah sorry brian go ahead part of the inspiration might be to use a sugar in something that's made with rum so you're i mean sugar complexity with other sugar complexity you know, uh, distilled sugar spirit, basically. So, um, does it does it come yeah. across busy to you guys? It seems like it's got a lot. You know what I mean? It seems like it's got it's going in a bunch of different directions. I don't think so. I I, I think I it is it only well. I don't know. Only in the sense that it starts one way and finishes another. But like flavor wise, I like I like that aspect. There is a lot going on. There's a lot to kind of figure out here. 
I just wish it had the body to to finish up at the end. That's the only thing I think it's missing. I think it's a really I, cool I agree. Yeah. Maybe the way it seems yeah. yeah, a little disjointed to me is from the aroma to the flavor because the aroma mm. was really promising and pretty nicely balanced, but then in the flavor, it's you know, it's it's kind of a more of a one trick pony with just the the dryness, letting the oak stick out a little much and the malt is there. There is there isn't a lot going on, but there's a lot declared here too. So um I just think I don't know, declare it as as English and uh you know, I think the flavors that are going on here are, are interesting and complex, but yeah, it's just the dryness that's preventing them from from shining properly with a little sweetness accent yeah. it'd be just fine yeah I, I i don't think anything is busy here at all i think it if anything is maybe a little one-dimensional and the more i think about it the more i think it's that that 180 candy sugar because that that it's it's like a 180 malt it's like, it's like adding special b right when you, <laughs> you add special b right. it's great it's, it's a great malt but you don't want to add more than just a tiny tiny bit because then it takes over i think that 180 candy sugar can be the same yeah, it's that same like love a bond. It's that that same territory, and it's getting to that point where and you've already added something else. I think that maybe if you just hadn't added that, we'd be looking at giving this maybe uh, uh, thirty eight or forty. Yeah, because well, yeah, what does that cover up? Like you said, sort of like ta- it takes over. What would that be with that forty five sugar still? Like I, I would I would be interested yeah. to, to see this beer in a couple different ways. One, take out the the D eighty D one eighty sugar, whatever it is. Take that out and do everything the same. Then then brew it again with uh without any rum. Yeah. With that oak spiral, put it in there with the the D forty five sugar. I'm curious to see what that would do. And then you can, you know, add you can dose a little rum back if you you know if you need to. But um I don't know. I, I think yeah. I think that forty five sugar is is a really unique it's a really unique concept in and yeah. how it works with this with this malt, I think the rum addition is sort of messing with it a little bit. I think it makes it a little too hot, a little too, I don't know. It's, it it's might, funky. Yeah. It's a weird, It's this is a weird beer, Jason. I, I like one it. Thing I, one thing I didn't, we didn't talk about, this beer is September will be a year. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was joking when I said in, in two to six months, it'll be great. But no, you're, it's already been. It's almost a year. Yeah. You know what? It's hold. I'll tell you what. It's holding up great. It's mm-hmm. your your packaging is is exemplary because I'm not getting cardboard. I mean, do you guys get cardboard or paper or anything that says I get nothing that says this is a year old and it's almost a year old? And you shipped it to us from that. And where where are you from, Jason? Mississippi. Yeah, you shipped it to us in the summer from Mississippi, and it it is it, it tastes good. And I, I would say I, I cannot pick out a single a single clue that this is that this is a year old. Yeah. No. So well, well done on that, man. That that's really, really excellent. I had another suggestion that you could try if you want. Since the goal here, JP likes the compliment of the 45 sugar edition. And you know, I kind of like the sugars here too. Uh but to bring up the sweetness, you can't really back sweeten it. I mean, you could put, you know, you could back sweeten it and taste it, but you know, that's gonna ferment out. But do a little higher mash temperature the next time and perhaps add some dextrin malt or something else to give it a little more body at the same time. Add maybe most of those sugars or lighten up the, the darker one a bit or just, just do the lighter one and then do those tricks to kind of bring in the sweetness with the sugar because that's going to dry out. But if you have a balance with some, uh, you know, some less fermentable sugars in there in the mix, it'll st- still leave a residual sweetness for all those nice flavors to play off of. That's what I think, but that's just something to try, all, yeah. including all those other things JP said to try. So now you have well, like four, uh, 45 batches of beer to brew. We'll talk to you in three years. Again. <laughs> yeah. 
I've, I've yeah, send us a couple of cases with times. every combination. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really is enjoyable. I, I didn't mean to give it a short shrift here or anything. It's just, it's, it's more a balanced thing. And it's like, just plays a little odd despite all the really pleasant flavors in here. So appreciate you sharing it. And it was really fun to judge and taste with you. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Jason? Uh, thank you guys. I, you know, I'll, I'll give it another uh, go at it and see what it comes up with. Yeah, don't give up on it. I, I think it's a cool concept. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's an expensive beer to make, so, uh, you know, deal with that. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it's it's pretty unique, and, and I appreciate you sharing with us. And you can do a split batch, make some of the Imperial Brown, and then add the stuff to the other half yeah. and, you know, get twice the beer for your money. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, well, if that's it, we'll let you go, man. Appreciate it, guys. Cool. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you. I'll stay between the lines. <laughs> you got it, brother. <laughs> you too. Later. Yeah, that was weird. It was unique. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. I, I like his concept. And I, I think yeah. that, you know, you're you're right, Jason, that there's just I he's I don't think he's going the wrong direction. I think it's maybe just like like everything when you're trying the new concept, you just have to try some different things and you accept that as you're heading down that path, you might be you might need to back up a step and maybe take a slightly different fork in that road, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're going the wrong way. I'll yeah. tell you too, next time I'm in one of a rum bar, I might taste a little little bit of that bamboo just for fun, just to see what it tastes like yeah. on its own. I'm yeah. probably go out and buy a bottle, but it seems like a good rum and it was fun. It does seem like a good rum. It seems very uh floral and and uh you know good and you know the yeah, and that's the, the the Barbados rums can be kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know sweeter heavy kind of thing jamaican rums are usually lighter if i if i recall correctly uh dominicans are sort of like spicier or whatever they have like more you know yeast profile or whatever but um i don't know i i i'm not that well versed on it but yeah i liked it it was good um but far be it for me to suggest not putting rum in it i think i think you know what you should I think do in this you should add like one shot of rum fire with that dunder that banana oh, dunder geez, just dude. get that little bit Man, that's some good shit right there. Yeah, that stuff is weird, man. Dr. Bird that's is another so one. so weird. There's a few of them. There's a few of them out there. Dr. Bird, that. you said? Yeah, Dr. Bird. There's another one. But uh, yeah, anyway, let's, uh, I guess let's take a break and we'll come back and we we will talk a little bit about our brew days. We're talking about Mexican lager, right, Coop? That's, that's yes, next sir. on the docket. Yes, sir. All right. We Hang brew. on, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. Back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Yeah, it was, uh, oh God, when was it right now? A month ago, a month and a half ago or something like that? We planned a Mexican lager beer, a recipe, in case anybody missed it. And we were all going to brew it. It's the same recipe, but we're doing it different ways. And uh, I thought it'd be cool. Then we pile all the beers together and we try to judge them blind as best as we can and see who is the ultimate Mexican lager brewer. Uh, not really that serious, but I think it'd be interesting to for all of us to taste a relatively similar recipe. So uh, last weekend, we all converged on more beer and conquered, and that was fun. And um, and we, we got all our ingredients, man. Got a bunch of flakes corn and you know various other stuff what was our recipe it was uh i'll refresh everybody's memory it was uh for five gallon batch in uh the uh bruzilla is what this was oh did i not cha- adjust my equipment on my friggin beer smith that's what i didn't do all right well i can't do it now um i think that's why my numbers were a little off but anyway five gallons 
standard all grain five gallons. You had fourteen point four pounds of. Uh, we used Victory two row, right, fellas? Oh, fellas, which two row? Hello, it was hello. the light, the Victory extra pale. Oh, the Victory Viking, extra pale. not the Viking. It was oh, the Viking oh, yeah. extra pale. Victory Viking, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Viking, okay. Viking extra pale. Viking. Fourteen point four point fourteen pounds of Viking extra pale. Okay. A lot of weird words there. One point uh, one pound ten ounces of uh, Vireman pills and one pound ten ounces of flaked corn and three point one ounces of Vienna malt, just to make it complicated. And then the hops are all point three seven ounces. You had Magnum um, at fifteen point seven percent alpha at sixty minutes. Uh, Spalt was 4.30 alpha at five minutes, and then Tetanang was 2.6 alpha at five minutes. There you go. That was it. And then we used different yeasts. So I used the German, the dried German lager yeast from Cellar. What was it? Cellarcraft, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Cellar Science. Cellar Science. Cellar Science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've never, I haven't used dry yeast. I I can't, I can't begin to tell you when. I mean, maybe. I don't know, early aughts. I haven't used dry yeast in forever. So I thought it'd be fun, you know, especially because there was no lager yeast, dried lager yeast when I was doing it. So I thought that would be cool. So I grabbed two packs of that and dumped it in mine. And Cooper, what did you use? I I used the Omega, uh, the Lutra Kvike. Yeah, you're doing a Kvike yeast. And why did you pick that one? Just because... Well, I, you know, I judged the best of show uh, last uh, summer, early fall, whatever it was. Trying to remember when, but we uh, we had a, an American light lager that just was sitting on the table, and like usually those things, they they start tasting odd after a while sitting there, and they just yeah, you know, they don't always win best of shows because there's so many more other in, more intense things that are gonna you know challenge you know work better for a judge's palate. It's just like, but this just kept being just a perfect light American lager. One just kept tasting like I couldn't knock it out. Nobody else could knock it out, and uh, then the you know it ends up winning the best of show, and the guy jumps up and he's like. Lutro, Lutro, baby. It was just, he's just like this boisterous dude. Wow. Uh, named Danny and just, yeah, he, he was uh, excited to win that best of show. Uh, and he got like the big side of an oak barrel with, you know, the award inscribed on it. And he, he was excited, but, he, you know, I talked to him a little bit. I was like, oh, that was that Lutro. I'd never mess with it but uh it, it is you know it's it's isolated uh from a blended norwegian kvike it's one of the elements in that which you know it's hmm. usually a harmonious balance of different things working together but somebody had made uh this there's a story about it you can read it you know on their literature how this guy made a hellas with it and brought it to this beer event, festival event and people were like wow you made that with a kvike yeast and he made it with the the mother of the lutra but it might have been a lutra dominant thing so they, they hmm. went in there and they isolated all the different components in there you know did the marking with the genetic uh you know however they do that with the it shows all the stripes a certain way like these two match these are the same these two are unique this is what you know okay they pulled that one out and brought and brought it up and they found that it creates less uh uh you know fewer esters in the ferment hmm. it, it also ferments incredibly fast and it tolerates very high temperatures so uh yeah sounds I, great I, fer- I fermented at 78 and it was bubbling like mad within just a minute as soon as i pitched it i did a <laughs> no it a wasn't shake. stop I, it i did well it wasn't like it was starting to bubble it was starting to bubble and i, I it was as soon as you dumped it a, in it was yet high crowd wow that's so crazy and i put it in there and i i took a little bit and there was bubbles starting to come out it was going 
So, and then I checked it the next morning. It was bubbling nicely. Two days later, I checked it and it had stopped. It's not bubbling anymore. Two days. Did you take so, a gravity reading? I just took a gravity reading on another sample that I had put in my, my, uh, shake starter growler and uh, it wasn't clean words right i couldn't really uh, taste it from that i didn't pull anything out of the fermenter yet but it was already at 1008 so within <laughs> i mean and this is four days after i started it oh, wow god dude i don't know about that that i don't know about that i don't know either i've never used it i've had some you know at at uh, homebrew con where they've you know brought different uh, beers out they did one in providence where they had a lutra and they had a you know, some traditional ones. And a lot of people liked the more traditional permits uh, better, but it wasn't that much different. We tasted them, you know, it, it, it wasn't that much different. And they, they had similar profiles, but I, mm. you know, it's a, it's kind of a cheap fast lager, pretend lager, whatever you want to call it, but yeah, uh, I, I'll probably lager it still. I just, you know, cold condition the beer too. Oh, sure, I time. Yeah. I have time to. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I had a problem with mine. I mean, not really a problem, but you know, it was fucking hot when I was brewing. So my groundwater, I couldn't get, I could not get my 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 cat stop. Uh, I couldn't get my wort down past eighty seven. I like took a, I took my five gallon bucket, put some water in it, coiled the hose in there, dumped a bunch of ice in there, and it just didn't really work as well as I wanted it to to cool my beer down. Yeah. So I wow. had to rack it into the uh, um, conical. It's a temperature controlled you know, old school more beer conical. And eventually it got down to 67. It dropped 20 degrees by midnight. So it took about six hours or so, maybe uh. eight. Um, and then uh, I so I just I just ripped these two packets open, these two, you know, uh, I don't know how many grams there were, but, you know, one's for five gallons. So I'm like, well, if one's good, two is better. Uh, I didn't do a starter. I didn't rehydrate. I just sprinkled them right on top, closed yep. the damn thing and went to bed. And yeah, those solar yep. solar science packs are 12 grams each. 12 so that's, grams that's right. plenty of plenty of yeast there, 24 grams in a five gallon bag. Yeah, I think so, too. And so what I normally do when I'm brewing is because I don't I don't oxygenate. I always forget to do that. I don't have a system, right? So I'm like, oh, man, when I go to the store, oh, I need – got this. Oh, I barely remembered PBW. And um, <laughs> I uh, – I, uh, anyway, just I've ha- I don't want to muck about with, with cleaning an oxygen system, so I just don't do it. But I just overpitch or at least pitch more yeast than I normally would. And so what I, what I usually do is I just wake up in the morning and then shake the shit out of the car – out of the – conical and i did that and i about jumped back because the amount of fucking fire this thing spit at me in the bucket uh. in the blow bucket it was it sounded like a hot rod popping off I'm like oh my god dude mm. it was why it was going nuts man i opened the little bit just thick white foam on top of the thing I'm like oh man I'm, I'm stoked and for the past like couple days that was i did monday so and that was on tuesday so wednesday thursday yeah the past couple days just shake it and it's just um it's dying off a little bit now so i i just i kept the temp low um like i said i pitched at 67 by the time i woke up it was like 50 no 62 60 something Mm -hmm. like that kept bringing it down to about 54 55 um which is fine you know Uh, then i'm like okay then i start being a home brewer then i go well i you know the first couple days is when you're going to get all your ester profiles anyway so what the fuck does it matter so i just kicked it up to 68 is where i set it at and so let it just kind of free rise i'm just gonna let it finish out there um for a couple of reasons. One, because it already sort of started warm to begin with. I don't know that I'm going to get those 
those classic kind of sort of like cleaner lager type flavors. Uh, the other thing is when I, I opened it yesterday, opened the top, I wanted to see it and smell it, and I figured it was safe because the CO2 is popping off like crazy. Um, it smells great. I like the the aromatics that are coming off of it. So I'm like, okay, if I if I like the way it smells, it's probably going to taste ish similar, right? So I'm not I'm not like getting crazy weird like apple esters or banana or whatever. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let it. I'm going to let it just come up to 68 and let it hang out there and let it really finish off, and then bring it down and uh, and you know keg it lager. That's my thought. What do, cool. you, what do you think about that? It's all right, right? It'll make beer. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And Shar, you are not. You haven't brewed yet. You're too busy. Actually, I, I have. I, I brewed today. You did. I want to back up a sec. I, I want to back up a second. You know, I want to thank uh, More Beer for sponsoring uh, our ingredients and for sponsoring this beer. Yes, and you absolutely. know what? It was really nice. To, it was really cool to see you guys on Sunday. And I'll tell you, I was not I was not enthusiastic to get up and go to More Beer on Sunday morning and see you guys. Not because <laughs> of you guys. Because I was like, God, I haven't brewed in six years. I'm not excited about doing this. Why are we doing this? This is pissing me off. (laughs) I'd rather go back to bed. And I find so fine. I get up and I I kind of drag myself over to more beer. And when I got there and we started picking out the ingredients, yeah, and we started and we started you know chewing the grains and we started walking around. I I I I'm, this is not bullshit. I actually started to get excited about doing this beer. Nice. It was and we were there for probably what a solid. I'd say we were there an hour and a half just looking at stuff and yeah. dicking around and then looking like at that. yeasts and grains and whatever. And I I really enjoyed it, and I I was having a good time, and gotcha. I got my stuff home, gotcha and I thought that was that was cool. And you know, for listeners that may have may have not brewed for a while, you know, I I get it. Shit happens. Life is not a straight line, and sometimes for whatever reason, you work or kids or health or whatever, you need you you take a break for a period of time. You know. It never hurts. You'll go back to your local homebrew shop. You know, I'm lucky that my local homebrew shop is the more beer flagship and they have everything you could possibly ever want. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that that was excited. But then, you know, I was telling you guys I had a colonoscopy on uh, Tuesday and it was the one they go in both ends. So, I mean, I didn't know I was knocked out real good, but I had a lot of stuff to do Monday and then Wednesday because I was out of commission pretty much all Tuesday, right? And it's yeah. Uh, yeah. like, what are you saying, JP? Like they had me up like on a spit? Yeah, they, I don't know. They I spit mean, roasted was, my boy, out. dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> turning him over both ends. <laughs> so that I was out of commission all Tuesday. And then I was like, well, shit, we're talking about this on the show on Thursday. So I'm just, I'm going to brew this morning. So I, I'll tell you a little, I, I won't, I, I made some notes. I won't go on too long, but you know what I've got is like a spaghetti pot with the strainer for the the pasta. Yeah, I have like a I have a big Lake Crusade Dutch oven, and I thought maybe I could do it all in my spaghetti pot, but I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> and no. then I thought, well, I can I can do it partly with the Lake Crusade. Okay. So okay, fine. I got some Crystal Geyser water. I used uh, Brewer's Friend, which you know for a free software that I I I used to use Promash. Tells you this is how old I am. Oh, all Promash, of my recipes dude, yeah. were on Promash. Even like into the into the the twenty teens, the or mid twenty tens, I was limping along with like an emulator or something to use <laughs> Promash because uh, it's you not would, supported. Dude. It's that has all my recipes. Uh, I, I I'm gonna switch to to Beersmith at some point, I think, mm-hmm. but I just didn't have time to download it and learn it. 
I just needed to be able to to do something. So well, I used used uh, Brewer's friend. ProMash is so and, old that it came on the floppies, not like the <laughs> not like the big floppies, but like the hard, the disc, three and a half inch floppies. <laughs> the three and a half inch floppy that you yeah. would get at the homebrew store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was only later on. Could you ever download it, or was it always a thing you had to get off the floppy? I don't remember. I think you could at some point. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I know I would drag it from one computer to another going forward. I think maybe you never could download it. Hmm. But that that thing that thing was pretty awesome. But you know, it, it's like you get used to a tool. It's like any you get used to a tool. I'm sure it's no better or worse than anything else. Yeah, it's that's what how you learn and get used to. That's how listeners feel about our show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we get old and they, people get used to us. Yeah. So I I got some uh, Crystal Geyser uh, Natural Alpine Spring Water because I didn't want to screw around with water. If you, okay, it's drinking water, it'll be fine. Uh, I used to do that back in the day. It'll it'll be all right. And Brewer's friend said, use three gallons to get two gallons of fermentable wort. Okay, that makes sense because you're boiling and you're losing stuff. Water gets stuck in the 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 mash. It's FYI, I I, 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 I uh, calculated mine down to do two gallons of wort, not the five that you guys did. Okay, because I don't have the all the stuff. So first, I tried to see how much water I could get in the pasta pot, and I got about two gallons in there with enough space for the grain. And that's when I realized I have to do something else. And then I'm like, well, I don't have something big enough to boil it all together. So what I'll do is, well, everything's heating. Uh, you know, I, I got my sparge temperature. I just sparged at 170. Uh, so I overshot my mash. You know, it's typical. I'm trying to do some work and I'm at the stuff on the stovetop. I overshot my mash by a little bit. Not a, not a huge deal. Uh, overshot strike water by about 10 degrees. I added some, I had room to add additional crystal geyser. So I got it right down to where it should be. I was targeting 150 F uh, 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 strike and I got 149. So, you know, that's even using some janky ass shit and a calculator I've never used before. You know, I managed to get it, get it to be right where I wanted it to be. Yeah. Uh, about 20 minutes later, I lost a couple degrees. Well, that's fine. I just turned up the pot, uh, got it up to about, you know, 155, 160, right where I wanted that to be. Uh, turned it off. It was fine until the end. Uh, I, when I poured in that that milled grain and that flaked corn, oh my God, that aroma. I had not smelled that aroma for about six years. I actually texted Graham and told him, hey man, this is, this is amazing. I mean, this is this is really cool. And he texted me right back. Hey, I love that for you, man. I was on a, I had took a break for a while too. And it was, it's great when you smelled it. And it was, it was cool to, to hear from Chris, but I just, and I wanted to thank him too for, for sponsoring stuff. But it's like, you know, when, when you've been brewing, you know, I started brewing in like 1994. It's almost 30 years ago now. Yeah. And it's something that's a part of your life for so long. And you take a break for a few years and then you you smell that and you're like, oh yeah. Oh, this this is why I do that. And it's not even it's not even the alcohol, it's not necessarily the end product. It's just if you love to homebrew, you you're loving different aspects of this hobby. And there's certain aspects nobody likes, the, the cleaning. Mm-hmm. But um, there's some things you know there, you should if you if you love everything about this. You know, you start to do it. So what did I start doing afterwards while, uh, you know, during the mash, I started looking at the sales on morebeer.com for like, what's a Bruzilla cost? And, you know, <laughs> there they're, you on, they're on sale. They're having a summer <laughs> sale. You know you know what I mean? It's just, well, how I, how cheap could I start brewing again? Brewing like, you know, three gallons at a time. Cheap. Yeah. And, and you can. Yeah. You know, something like that. It's small. I loved my old uh, 
I, I had a, a system I could brew 10 to 15 gallon batches on. I had 20 gallon kettles, the top tier stand, you know, all that stuff. And I loved it and it was great for what it was. I, I barely had space for it then and I sure don't have space for it now. And I'm I'm closer to 60 than not. And I don't want to be lifting all this shit around and doing taking an entire weekend. And I realized just doing the stuff on the stovetop I can get myself like a brewzilla. I can get ingredients. I could brew on like a Monday morning, be done by lunch and not even really do do that much. And it, it's not going to cost much. So that's a uh, that's a neat thing. So anyway, I got done with my mash. I started thinking, well, how am I going to get this wort into this Dutch oven? So uh, I, and it was it was going to go everywhere. <laughs> so what I did is I lifted up the pasta straining thing with the the grain. I set that down in the Dutch oven. And then I poured my wort over through that to kind of sparge mm. it a little bit okay. on the way in there. Sure. I put that thing back in. I, it was actually, uh, both vessels ended up being, one is kind of taller and one is squatter. They both had about the same volume. So I couldn't get everything out into the Dutch oven, but that worked out good. I put my grain back in the spaghetti pot, put the other you know, rest of my water in. So it still mostly covered the grain and just cranked up on the stove to hit 170, just like if I were like fly sparging or back, or if I were in my old system, I'd usually hit go to 170, let it sit for 30 minutes. And I decided to parallel boil because I didn't have anything else I could do. I could not, hmm. I did not, not have one vessel that I could, and I could put everything in. And this is when I realized as I was talking to you guys that, you know, I kind of wanted to go a little janky with this because I wasn't sure at the beginning how much I wanted to buy a bunch of equipment for this show and learn yeah. and start brewing again. And then I thought, you know, it'll be a, be good podcasting regardless. Because here I am, I, I got two parallel boils going on at the same time. Uh, started that about one o'clock this afternoon. I eyeballed the hops because uh, as Jay Z would say, I don't have a scale good enough for measuring cocaine. Right. So I had to just kind of uh, I can I might be I might be making more of a Mexican cold IPA. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> I, I probably added a few more uh, hops than I needed to. Uh, I, then I realized I didn't have a funnel, so I finished my boil. I turned everything off. I just left it uncovered on the stove. Hoped that you know none of the kids would you know drop anything in there if going in the microwave. The microwave's over the stove. Uh, but I wanted to let it cool off. Uh, went and got my wife at work. We stopped at More Beer, got a funnel, uh, went to Costco and came home. And then I poured the stuff into a keg. And it looks like maybe two gallons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this is... Uh, and, you know, I didn't take an original gravity because I realized, you know, I the gravity is going to be different between these two vessels. And I didn't want to pour them together and then like shove my arm in there or something and risk contamination. Uh, so what I did is I, I by about four o'clock, probably about five o'clock tonight, I put that wort in a keg because that was going to be a fermenter. It's an old keg uh, that's clean. I PBW'd it and I star sand that it's clean. I put it in a little fridge out in the garage and I figure in the morning it'll be about 36 and I will pitch some White Labs Mexican lager yeast. But I mean, the key thing to me yeah. is whatever equipment you've got, yeah. if you want to brew, just just brew. Just brew, man. You know, it's <laughs> and like, that's like just, Justin said that like early on in the brewing network, you know, get some water and some grain and, you know, just fuck it. It'll 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 make it'll 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 make beer. It'll be good. It'll be it'll be something. And, you know, as long as you're as long as you have some sanitation, 
and whatever. You know, it may not be, this is not going to win a competition. It's not going to be perfect. I, I think that in a triangle test, you'll pick mine out compared to you, <laughs> not in a good way. Uh, Maybe. But you know what? Just, just brew. You know, it didn't cost yeah. very much. I used stuff I had. Um, you, I did a lot of figuring. Things I want to get. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of. Yeah, did a lot of thinking. I did a lot of. You know, yeah, part of the fun of home brewing is just is, is problem solving too. And I, I don't. You know, how many times have we talked to home brewers or have we had you know professional brewers on the sh- session or whatever, and they talk about like colossal fuck ups they recovered from. Oh sure. And that's that's part of the fun. I didn't have a, any colossal fuck ups. I had a few things that I'd forgotten. I had a few things I hadn't anticipated. But I mean we've we've talked to home brewers, people of you know brewing network has talked to professional brewers that have had things go colossally wrong. Absolutely. And part of being a brewer, whether you're a pro brewer or a home brewer, or whatever, is being able to adjust and adapt on the fly yep. and just solve problems. And that's it's it's it can be fun when you know how to do it, and it's a good skill for life, you know? That's right. Well, good job, Char. I'm glad you uh, well done. Glad you got through that or whatever. I don't know. I tuned out a couple times, but it sounds like it went well. <laughs> sounds like it went well for you. I'm sorry that happened to you, or congratulations, yeah. I guess, as the, as the meme goes. I kind of tuned right. out. I think all three of our batches are going to be different because, you know, mine oh, was yeah. on, the, on the Pico. Yeah. I just yeah. got it going, and we ran off and watched a movie, and I was mm. monitoring it from the theater, and like, yeah. <laughs> I went, like, oh, I had, had enough time to go get a beer after the movie and hang out and chat out. And then I look and like the cycle was interrupted. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I like it was I came home and the peek over beeping at me loudly. Beep, beep. I was like, mm. ah, OK, so like was like hot sensor because um, I don't know if. It wasn't time to clean it yet, but I probably should have done a clean. I did a rinse cycle uh, as I do before each mm. brew. But uh, if stuff isn't flowing right in there, this it overheats inside and it'll turn off because it overheats. Got to so get a did that Bruzilla, you guys. A couple times. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you, so you were that guy at Barbie that had his screen on and people were like, why is that guy's screen on? We're trying to pay attention to the movie. Yeah. I'm monitoring my brew. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bruzilla, yeah. The, the only annoying part about it is you just have to, you know, I, so I got I got a five gallon kettle to heat my sparge water and you lift that malt pipe up and, uh, you know, just sparge over. But it was fine. Like I like the um, even in, in the mess up. Uh, well, let's see. It's supposed to be it was supposed to be original gravity of 1045. Let me change that and see if that does anything. Oh, yeah, it's fine. 1045. And I got 1042. They're pretty good, you know, and I was that's real good. Added man. a little water. And, um, you know, I don't know. I just I, I kind of was like mucking about with stuff. Like, I want to make sure I have five gallons when I'm done because last beer I didn't really. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, good stuff. I can't wait for it. It tasted great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to drinking it. But uh, anyway, that's about it. Uh, so, yes, like uh, Char said, thank you to More Beer for sponsoring this segment of us brewing this Mexican lager. For sure. Um, yeah, cheers. Yeah, good stuff. And, uh, you know, I always love going there and, and checking out the new equipment they got. They got a ton of stuff, man. It's always it's always a good time. Yeah. And, of course, thank you That's to our sure. show sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com today and learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment, which is, of course, with Five Star Chemicals. And then you can go to uh, their website, backslash homebrew hyphen club hyphen program. Sign up for that homebrew club program. It's really cool. They give you a lot of information every month and, uh, you know, some discounts and some free stuff and a bunch of good things like that. So check them out, too. I was excited and and sort of like I don't know relieved to finally get PBW after having to use these like janky <laughs> other keg cleaning things for a couple months because every time I go to Moorbury I just forget 
And uh, I don't know, man. Stuff is night and day. It's just a night and day difference. I love it. I love it so much. So anyway, we're going to get out of here. Thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. uh, Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you want to send your beer into us, uh, yes. you email brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's right. We love having homebrew on our show, and lately we've been having it on a, a lot more at, well, uh, when we're not interviewing Schlankerla. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the hobby is still alive and well. And, uh, you know, it is. Had homebrew con last month, and it's good commuting with our homebrewers again and, and having some fun and, and working on club stuff. We're trying to get our club brewing together and doing more stuff too, and keeping it keeping it interesting, keep people yeah. going. So I kind of appreciate the kick in the pants too uh, to brew. I, I brew, you know, several times a year, but not as much as I used to a long time ago. But yeah, I thought it'd be cool. I like it. To, yeah, it was, it was a good idea, man. Out, yeah, send in your. Some people have offered to send in their version of our Mexican lager too. Oh, really? Oh, that'd be sweet. I would we love to really do that. Yeah. So when are we going to judge this thing? It's not going to be for probably, like a couple months, right? Yeah, looking about probably two months out. Okay. Okay. We're in, yeah, we're in July, late July now, so probably September. Well, and that's why we did the episode, or the, we did the recipe live, so people could could brew it. I thought that was the most yeah. interesting part, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, check it out. You know, it's funny, uh, Cooper, before we leave, uh, you know, you always go, Brian with an I, and we were at More Beer, <laughs> and uh, we put this under your account, and because uh, it was easier for everybody, and Bill's like, uh, like what's the email? And he told him, and he's like, uh, "Is that Brian with a Y?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like totally unironic. Like he's just asking, and it's like <laughs> the only time I've ever seen anybody question how to spell Brian mm. is this moment. It's very funny. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, if you're listening live, stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back with another show. And uh, if not, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Go live your life. Touch grass, kid. Mm-hmm.